G'day humans, what's a good word? Chris Funter here with Fruity's Alex for another edition of Fallout Down Under. Alex, how are you, mate? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to talk about this absolute weird time period in wrestling I chose. What the hell did you choose this for? Uh, I thought it'd be fun to sort of <laughs> have a look at where TNA was one year after their inception. So I chose the TNA first anniversary show. The entire show is for free on YouTube, and it is quite something to have a look at. Oh, boy, that's absolutely right indeed. Jeez. So this is uh, the 18th of June, 2003, NWA Total Nonstop Action number 50 anniversary show. So this is their... Uh, 50th pay-per-view because at the time I still believe they were doing weekly pay-per-views. Yes. Oh, such an odd business model. Yeah. Although very... I suppose yeah. well ahead of its time considering uh, what we do to watch Dynamite and Rampage every week. Yeah, I was going to say is it really that different now? Because back then you could ring up your pay-per-view provider and like for a discounted price order four weeks worth of pay-per-views <laughs> so uh, like that's basically the same as your AEW plus subscription you know yeah same sort us, of motto for us Aussies a, a lot cheaper AEW experience yeah um now did you watch this all in one sitting because it is a very short show yeah, I did watch it in one sitting. I was fucking enthralled start to finish, to be <laughs> honest. Oh, boy. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot more to say than me on this show. As we uh, we go to it, we are at the uh, Tennessee State Fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, was this known as a different name during uh, the TNA years? Yeah, this is the TNA Asylum. Yes, Alex remembers. Yeah, how could you forget? This is where it all began. Um, yeah, super hot crowd, super small crowd. <laughs> Do you did you catch if they said how many were live in attendance? No, but according to Wikipedia, it's a thousand. Okay, well that sounds about right. Uh, for your commentary team, there is the professor, Mike Tanay. And Don West. How One was... of the most underrated fucking commentary duos of all time. How has Don West not been picked up by, like, AEW to do something? Yeah, uh, Don West, um, he has done some stuff with um, certain indie promotions and stuff, but unfortunately the poor dude's got cancer at the minute. Oh, um, sugar. Yeah, so he had it, and then it w went into remission, and then it came back. Oh, the poor guy. Well, yeah. So uh, there's the best for him. Yeah, man, I love Don West. I hated him at the time, but going <laughs> back and listening to it, man, I love it. I love yeah. it in hindsight. Yeah, he came so back much. a few a few years ago to do some impact, like impact um shop spots and that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's done some stuff with Matt Cardona and Brian Myers for their YouTube channel. 
and shit like that too like just helping them sell merch which is good it's good shit um yeah and mike today man probably the most underappreciated like lead announcer uh, lead announcer in wrestling history yeah yeah i would say like he doesn't get enough of his flowers and it's a shame that he got so fed up with TNA that now he wants absolutely nothing to do with the wrestling industry. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. The guy the guy is so good though. Yeah. Was Tanae a part of um WCW when it closed? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It was um the commentary team at that time, I think it was I think it was Shivani Tanae and I believe Stevie Ray was the color commentator. Yeah, yeah and Stevie. Yeah, and Stevie Ray was surprisingly good. That's one thing you can blame WCW for giving Vince an idea. Three man booth. Yep. Um two. Two is fine. Three is when you have a manager or a wrestler. On commentary, like the champion comes down to say, "Oh, yeah, this contender's not as good." Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this opening match, what a fucking team we get here! If you want to run through that, so it is a six-man tag team match to kick things off. Here we have the team of D'Lo Brown, Frankie Kazarian, and the Sandman versus David Young. Don Harris and Sonny Sayaki? Sonny Siaki, yeah. Oh, of uh, uh, Sonny Siaki, like, was... At this point in time in the wrestling industry, everyone thought that this guy was going to be the next big thing. Like, and what happened? Is He just ended up... There was some weird thing where he donated like one of his kidneys to his dying brother, and then because of that, he wasn't allowed to wrestle anymore. That sounds weird. Yeah, like he donated a kidney to his dying brother, and yeah, it says right here. And the doctor told him he could not wrestle anymore, effectively ending his wrestling career because the commissions wouldn't clear him to wrestle with one kidney. Oh, yeah. I forgot the states still use commissions for some parts of their wrestling and that, yeah. Yeah, it's just a total fucking scam, those commissions. Yeah, they they <laughs> they commission wrestling, but allow... It was a Floyd Mayweather to get in a ring with Logan Paul, one who's yeah. too old to be professionally boxing, and one who has no professional boxing experience all because it's a giant payday yeah Yeah. mostly nevada mostly nevada state commission (laughs) um yeah last match uh first of january 2009 uh lost to marty janetti on nwa prime time yeah oh yeah my genetic yeah less the less said about him the better i mean what could have been with him um d'lo brown looked like a mega star to this tna audience in 2003 like they were clearly (laughs) 
they clearly had huge plans for D'Lo Brown. Because after this match, we get a segment in the ring with Vince Russo and the new NWA world champion, uh, this youngster with blonde tips in his hair, AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, just before we get there, the first match there doesn't go far, uh, goes under five minutes uh, with Team D'Lo, uh, Frankie, and the Sandman getting the win. Goes yeah. 3.53. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, we get this promo with Russo and AJ Styles and all sorts of, like, yeah, just fuck Jeff Jarrett, all that sort of Vince Russo work shooty bullshit. And then they get interrupted by D'Lo Brown, who's like, oh, I was your tag team partner, blah, 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 how could you? And then fucking... D'Lo tries to attack AJ Styles and he gets a fucking double leg takedown by Vince Russo. Vince Russo shoots a double leg takedown and takes down D'Lo Brown. That's the shit Vince Russo was booking himself to do. Yep. And then Vince Russo is like beating down D'Lo Brown. Just absolutely ludicrous shit. And then we get some more backstage segments like throughout the night. There's one in particular I really wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this young lady backstage, and she, uh, she's talking to this other man who's uh, Julio De Niro is his name. They're talking about Raven. They get interrupted by this other young man who interrupts them and is like, oh, have we heard from Raven? We want to join his gathering or whatever they're called, blah, blah, blah. The young lady in this segment, uh, her name was Alexis Larry. Any idea who that is? No. Uh, she would later, like, when when was this? Like 19 years later, show up in the WWE as the Impact Women's Champion, Knockouts Champion. This was a very young uh, Mickey James. Wow. Uh, chatting backstage with Julio De Niro, getting interrupted by CM Punk, who <laughs> wants to make an impression to join Raven's Gathering or whatever. Oh, but Punk and Raven just going quickly. Their feud in um, TNA is a really good, short-lived, but really good feud. Yeah, which sort of segued into a feud in Ring of Honor where they had like a dog collar match. They did a clockwork orange cage match in Ring of Honor. Oh, they did one in Ring of Honor too. Yeah. Like, I thought they only did it in... Um, no, uh, they, never, they never had a match in TNA, like a proper one. Hmm. Yeah, like, all of their big, like, blow-off matches were in Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we also had this promo of um, Kid Cash backstage. Kid Cash. And oh. he, he was backstage getting interviewed by Goldie, who's the backstage interviewer there. And he keeps alluding to a monster that he's friends with who's locked behind a cage. Which would ultimately lead to, yeah, 
Kid Cash bringing in the debuting Abyss. Uh, I'm just trying to remember where I remember Kid Cash from. Uh, ACW, WWE. Yeah, had quite a run. Uh, former TNA X Division champ, I believe, or like contender. Um, yeah, really long, influential career, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to picture if I've. His known gimmick him as in like a- another name. Nah, he's only been Kid Cash. Um, he was in ECW, and his whole gimmick was that he was Kid Rock, because he looks a lot like Kid Rock. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, um, he had a run in. WWE as a part of a tag team called the Pitbulls. And his tag team partner was Jamie Noble. Oh. Yeah. That's a really uh, forgotten tag team, those two. But they had a run in like 2005 SmackDown. They had a great series of matches against London and Kendrick. But speaking of which, uh, we should move on to the X Division title match. Yes, so this is your NWA TNA X Championship match. It is Chris Saban, the champion, versus Paul London. Yeah. Wow. Um, this match, really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, not happy about the finish, though. Yeah, do you want to just uh, refresh our listeners to the finish there yeah so sam punk comes out and just lays down in the corner like raven does and then basically um basically just gets into it with paul london at one point and chris saban gets the win um yeah yeah uh, i guess that was setting up sam punk to be a future contender for the x division championship which ultimately never happens. I don't think Sam Punk's in the company long after this. No, because the um, working relationship between TNA and Ring of Honor ends soon, doesn't it? I think that ends in like 05, 06. But Sam Punk just like had a massive fallout with management around this time period. Ah. Yeah. Um. That explains why Raven can still go to Ring of Honor then. Yeah, and because, like, when Joe came into the company, which I believe was, like, 04, 05, they still had that relationship with Ring of Honor. Um, yeah. We got a promo backstage with New Jack. Did you see this shit? Yeah, I forgot New Jack was in Impact. Yeah, and... Uh, he cut a promo and he gets interrupted by Shark Boy, who's holding like incredible Hulk fists, the big green <laughs> foam fists, and, and like, um, what's forgotten is in these these early days, New Jack and Shark Boy were like quite a comedic tag team, which is actually really fun to go back and watch, like, like, um. 
the whole gimmick was like Sharkboy just wanted to play games with New Jack. Like they played, they played like card games and like Twister and then like yeah, this incredible Hulk shit. And then New Jack would like take Sharkboy to the streets and shit. Is it kind of like Rock and Sock? Uh, kind of, I guess. Uh, and the one's a lot more serious, and one's a comedic babyface. I mean, this really brought out the comedic side of New Jack, which I think, like, really shows like how underappreciated New Jack is as a uh, promo guy. Like, yeah. this dude is fucking sensational on the microphone no matter what he's talking about and it's just a shame that he got a rep as the death match like hardcore wrestler when this dude can cut a promo better than like 70% of people out there today um and then he has a match in the hard 10 tournament against above average Mike Sanders what is the hard 10 so I believe this was like a um this was a tournament TNA had and the winner would be proclaimed the most hardcore wrestler in TNA. Uh it featured eight wrestlers competing in matches where a point scoring system was used to determine the winner. The system was the one point was awarded for a direct hit with an object. Five points for putting your opponent through a table with ten points needed to win a match. Uh, this was the first and last time they did that tournament. <laughs> uh, if you want to know, do you want to know this entire tournament? Um, I yeah, might as well sure. tell this you this is the only this is the only match on here. Yeah. So, uh, in the quarterfinals, Mike Sanders defeated uh, primetime Brian Lee, if you have any idea who that is. Primetime Brian Lee. Um, Cameron Grimes? No. no. (laughs) I'm thinking because of the Lee. (laughs) No. No. Brian Lee is a forgotten member of the BSK, and oh. he he had a run in WWE, probably mo like less memorable run as uh, a guy called Chains, a member of the disciple Disciples of Apocalypse. But his most famous run in WWE was in the summer of 1994, where him. And the Undertaker main evented SummerSlam 1994 because it was the Undertaker versus the Undertaker. Brian Lee was the fake Undertaker. Wow. Yeah. Um, also in the uh, quarterfinals, New Jack defeating Slash. Uh, Slash was. Most known as Wolfie D, uh, part of PG-13, a hot tag team in the Memphis uh, territory in the 90s. Um, also in the quarterfinals, Sonny Siaki defeated the Vampire Warrior, otherwise known as Gangrel. Yep. 
And Sandman defeated Devon Storm, most known as Crowbar. And then we got this match, New Jack defeating Mike Sanders. And in the semifinals, Sandman defeated Sonny Siaki. And the finals was Sandman versus New Jack, which Sandman won. Wait, Sandman won? Yep. Oh. What was the yeah. score? Uh, t- all I have here was 10 points to Sandman. Uh, yeah, it's really confusing. Yeah. Uh, I'll have uh, a look and see if I can find it. says 12 it. points to New Jack, and then in the little box next to Sandman, it says points. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, that's Wikipedia for you sometimes. Uh, yeah. we'll continue going down this card. Uh, just incredible versus Jerry Lynn. Um, Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn. <laughs> um, Jerry Lynn was so good in early TNA, man. And just incredible looked great here too. And just incredible gets the win here over Jerry Lynn. Um, yeah, this was an interesting matchup, that's for sure. Just incredible. Isn't he Portuguese man of war? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Aldo Montoya. I was watching a bit of, uh, what was it, Royal Rumble 99? Hey, you wouldn't believe what's happening on Raw right now, sorry. Wait, wait, is uh, it Cody? No, it's, um, oh. someone is sitting on a steel chair and there's... There's no lighting in the arena except a spotlight on this person on a steel chair. I'll let is you it... guess who that is. That's gotta be. That's gotta be Edge. That's gotta be Sexton Hardcastle. <laughs> um, what a, I wish he kept that name. Anyway, uh, moving on. Just <laughs> you, you wait until Duke Hudson gets called up to the main roster. It'll be oh, Battle of the Sextons. Yes. <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yes, as we're you... recording this, we're on Cody Watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did you have any idea Perry Satin had a TNA run? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. As we go to our next contest, Kenzo Suzuki versus Perry Satin in 435 ends in a no contest. Kenzo Suzuki, two years away from winning the WWE Tag Team Championship with Rene Dupree. How many years away from uh, uh incident that shall not be named? What incident? Uh, character that he was going to be, and then they changed after one vignette. Yeah, so it's probably about... Um... It's probably about a year, a year and a half away from that because he won the tag titles after they changed the gimmick. Yeah. Um, I'm a Frenchman. Kenzo Suzuki looks so good here, though. Like, he's just huge and he's jacked and he's in tights and they don't hide his legs by having him wear traditional baggy samurai pants. And he just looked like a star here. Honestly, he looks. Yeah, he, just, he looked like a gigantic Hiroshi Tanahashi. 
Guy was still competing in 2019 before the pandemic. Hasn't competed since October of 2019, though. Yeah. Well, I thought he looked great here. And Perry Satin, like, it was towards the end of his run here, but he still looked pretty good. Hitting some mean suplexes. Head to toe covered in tattoos here. Moppy? Like, yeah, this is after Moppy. This is where... Yeah, man. You're welcome. I loved Moppy. That was such an underrated gimmick. Um, but yeah, Kenzo Suzuki getting the ah w- uh, no, he didn't get the win. This ended in a no contest, and I believe uh, just incredible ran down and <laughs> of course he did, and hit Perry Sadden over the head with the kendo stick for some reason, and then Jerry Lynn chased him down, and then yeah, this was just really confusing. Um. Then the next match, uh, this was an interesting little look at the time period, but this is like, when you think of like the 2003 TNA time period, this is probably the perfect summation of that time period of the positive shit. And that is Triple X, Christopher Daniels, and Elix Skipper defending the NWA World Tag Team Championship against America's Most Wanted the Wildcat Chris Harris, Cowboy James Storm. Um, Triple X getting the win here in about seven minutes. Uh, really good shit. This was setting up for the first ever TNA cage match. Uh, it was before they even had six sides. Yeah, I'm surprised that they held off a year before doing a cage match, given how much bullshittery we've seen. Five matches into this show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, if it just took them a year to save up to buy a cage. Um, but yeah, uh, this is like, this is all just a build up for the next match, but it's still fun to see. Um, yeah, like all four of these guys look great here. Um, yeah, yeah, this is. Interesting again to see someone like um, Storm, who was like at one point somebody who was a lifer in this company, and Daniels, somebody who was very much a large part of this company here in the early days as well. It's a shame they could never keep Elix Skipper. Yeah, like he go. It is like after his TNA run, like you'd never really heard anything from him, and. Yeah, it's just a shame because, like, if he could still go today, even if he's a bit older, like, let me look at his Wikipedia. He's 54 now, fuck, okay. But Two Cold Scorpio is having a hell of a run on the indie scene right now, so why not? If he could have a quick little nostalgia run in GCW, he'd be perfect for it. He hasn't competed since... uh... 2008. 2009. Last match against Tyler Black at NWA No Limits. Shit. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but we'll go to our main event here. Jeff Jarrett and Sting. It's Sting! Sting's first ever NWA TNA match. Against AJ Styles and his mystery partner. Who could it six, be? Six Puck. 
Sean oh Waltman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't even know he was in the main event of this show. I didn't even pick this show for that reason because it's your boy. I just picked it just because it popped up for free on YouTube, basically. Um, but yeah, this was interesting. Um, heel AJ Styles with X Park. Uh, X Park basically re- wrestling in a tracksuit here. Yeah. This is yeah. The, the dark days of uh, Sean Waltman. Sort of this era. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, you can just tell, just by the colour of his skin, that he's going through some shit. He's looking a bit pale here, baggy under the eyes, but he's all good now, so I'm happy to talk about him. Uh, talk you... about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, like, a lot has been spoken about the turnaround about guys like Jake Roberts and Scott Hall, for that matter. But not enough mention has been made of, like, Sean Waltman. Like, the turnaround this dude had. Cause, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the way he's cleaned himself up over the years, like, yeah, it just doesn't get enough praise. Like, good for him. He's doing incredible, and hope that this next run for him is amazing, and I hope he can just kill it on the indies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Sorry. pretty funny, actually. Half of this main event is in GCW these days. <laughs> yeah, the other half main events are two nights a week on national on international TV. Yeah, like this entire main event is still relevant in 2022. <laughs> like 19 years later. If you had it asked me, out of these four wrestlers, Who's going to be working indies and who's going to be working main events of two of the biggest promotions in the world? And name two, I would have said, huh, well, Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles will probably have a job for life in this company. Yeah. And they'll probably keep on going um, in here and Sting and um, X-Park, Six-Park here will uh, probably wind down and retire. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't think that Jeff Jarrett and Six Park will be two of the most talked about names on the indie scene at the minute. <laughs> and then yeah. you wouldn't think, like, oh, yeah, AJ Styles is probably going to have a uh, marquee matchup at WrestleMania. <laughs> and Sting's going to be, like, yeah, still main eventing shows. Crazy shit. But, um, yeah, it was... Jeff Jarrett and Sting getting the win here, setting up for a future match between Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles. I believe AJ drops the belt to Jeff Jarrett again, I think. Yeah. Yeah, to no one's surprise. To no one's surprise, but yeah. Um, Honestly, this show was a bit of a clusterfuck, but it was an easy watch. And yeah. that can that can be said about every Vince Russo era show, no matter what company. That's true. Uh, this show had its ups, its downs, its high points, its low points of a, a four minute no contest match. To, but ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. <laughs> More than you paid for? Yes, absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, I enjoyed this for what it was. I enjoyed this trip down memory lane. I enjoyed seeing how many wrestlers are still relevant today and still wrestling today. Like, uh, let's see, Kazarian still wrestles. Um, Saban, London, that, I don't think does. He's, he does do some indies, but he doesn't do like big indies anymore. Sanders. I would love. Uh, Sanders, I have no idea what happened to that dude. Okay. Um, Go on, you were saying about London? I would love, like, London would be a great guy for, like, AEW to bring in for a one-off, like, TNT Open Challenge or something like that. Who is TNT champ at the moment? Sammy? Sammy, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're going to say you wouldn't want to see Sammy Guevara and Paul London just flip around for a bit that'd be amazing um yeah i'd love like just one last televised match for paul london uh what's it say here about mike sanders yeah retired in 2005 oh well that's no good uh unfortunately uh yeah like delo brown's on commentary for impacts so he's still in the company basically uh yeah, Kazarian. Sandman still flows floats around in the Indies. Uh Jerry Lynn, top agent in AEW. Yeah, Daniels. Daniel's still wrestling. Storm. James Storm still wrestles. And then yeah, the four in the main event. This is yeah, at least half of this roster. Like what, a fair nearly, chunk of it, yeah. From nearly 20 years ago, either still wrestles or is still involved in wrestling. Yeah, like, most of them are still involved. Like, let's have a look at this bloody, um... You, you see these dark matches that happen too? No. Uh, okay, the first, um... I believe they're explosion matches that were taped this same night. Three live crew, BT James, Conan, and Ron Killings. Our truth, there's another person that still wrestles. What'd you say, V? What? Uh, who, James? BG James. Oh, so that's not Billy Gunn. No, that's Road Dog. Ah, yes. Yeah, Brian James. Um, Defeated Sal Renaro, who's still who's a wrestler in NWA at the moment. Tommy Vandal and Matt Vandal, I have no idea who those guys are. Uh, Trinity defeated Malia Hisaka. I'm not sure who that is. Julio De Nero defeated Steve Madison, not sure. And Sharkboy defeated Delirious, the current or the most recent head booker of Ring of Honor, Delirious. Wow. Yeah. So, um, some interesting things on that undercard there. Conan. Yeah. Trinity. Uh, was she with the FBI for a while? I think she had, she had a short stint in WWECW as part of the FBI, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, really good. Really good. Show, uh, I'm going to say three beers. It was an easy watch, but it wasn't 
something I'd go out of my way to recommend to anyone, nor was it like, you have to see this match. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll give it three as well. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, uh, where can the good humans find you and the SmackDown podcast? Yeah, check out the SmackDown podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, at Sid underscore pod on Twitter. Check us out at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Search up WrestlingOzStyle on Facebook. Find me at Alex Instagram, Twitter. And you can find Chris at... Uh, at I am Chris Funder on Twitter. Come tell me why James Storm is a killer queen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you can come watch me game four nights a week on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Chris Funder. You can go back, listen to the Wrestling All-Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. God damn. This fucking show, bro. Listen, bro. We're gonna have D'Lo Brown run out, but he's not gonna attack you, bro. No, I'm gonna take him down, bro. The people won't see it coming. It's gonna be huge. <laughs>